제시카 외동딸 일리노이 시카고 과선배는 김지모 그는 이사촌 Everybody, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And today we're gonna uh, go back to this year's Oscar nominees <clears throat> and winners. Uh, we did like a whole month series where we talked about them for back to back, but we held off on this year's Best Picture winner because we were waiting for it to come on to Hulu, so we didn't have to pay to rent for it because we all pay for Hulu. Uh, <laughs> so today. So today, I had Ryan watch Parasite for the first time. This is a film that Devin and I had both seen going into the Oscars. Did you see it before the Oscars, Devin? I did see it before the Oscars. Okay. Yeah, this is a film that I watched the night before the Oscars uh, when I had like a 90, like 100 degree fever, just like out of it with the flu. But (laughs) like... You want to know what clears what cures the the flu? It's that that noodle stuff that they make in the third act of this film. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're today we're talking about Parasite. Um, Devin, talk, uh, while I get my notes up, why don't you go ahead and start with uh, how you first saw the film? So I actually saw the film in an Alamo theater, and it was my first experience in an Alamo theater. And I'm not plugging them, but they're fantastic. Um, they're those theaters that you can go and they have full menus and you can like get beer ordered to your seat and you can get food ordered to your seat. So maybe I'm a little bit like persuaded towards this movie because I saw it like that, but I had a great time watching it. Um, but I watched it, like you said, a little bit before the Oscars came out and I loved it. Like this movie, really this movie and marriage story were like my 2019 top movies, uh, and, and this one definitely won it out for me because just some of the scenes in this movie and, and I want to talk about them. They're just so tense. And I was so engrossed in the plot the whole time and was just so with these characters the whole time that like it just it I still think about it today. Like I still think about aspects of this movie on, you know, a semi weekly basis, probably. Yeah, I remember you saying that this was one of your favorite films of last year going into the holiday season. Yeah. And I saw when I went to see uncut gems, a film that we are never doing for this podcast. Um, it's a shame. I saw that. That was the first time I saw a trailer for parasite. Um, I mean, if you really want to maybe down the line, but I still need time. I'm still pissed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good. That was the first time I saw a trailer for parasite and I had no idea what this movie was. Um, and I didn't really know anything until I sat down and watched it. And I remember I messaged you guys in our group chat as I'm watching the movie. Like at a certain point, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is this movie? Because it, it takes a turn. And I was like, okay, I, I'm on board. Like I was on board for everything that happened in this movie. And I'm not a big foreign film guy. Like this is the first film in a while that I've had to sit and watch with subtitles the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, if ever, like I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Well, that's something um, I do want to bring up at some point is our all of our exposures to subtitles, because that does kind of make yeah. or break the movie a little bit. Yeah. Um. So all this to say, Ryan, what did you think of Parasite watching it for the first time? I loved it. <laughs> OK, <laughs> Great. that's why I said before, it's not I mean, that's why I said before before we started. I was uh, I told uh, I told the guys I don't think we're going to talk about this movie as much as what we probably think, simply because we all kind of agree <laughs> about liking it. Um, once we get into the nitty gritty of it, then possibly we might go a little long. But um, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. Um, normally, when it comes to foreign films and hype, normally I'm let down. Um, this time, pleasantly, I wasn't. And we can get into it further because I really want to know what your guys' notes are because I didn't take any. Uh, okay. Which, well, which, 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 I mean, we'll get into why I didn't take any notes <laughs> later. Okay. Well, you. E- you brought up a good point before we started recording. Part of the reason we waited for this to be on Hulu was you had requested having to be, being able to watch it multiple times. Yes. Uh, because um, you have a hard time. Like, 
is it fair for, for me to say you're dyslexic? Oh like, yeah, I don't yeah, know if no. we want to talk about yeah, that on the show. No. <laughs> I'm completely open about that. Um, I, I don't know what I don't know what the HIPAA laws are with podcasting. So. <laughs> I got you. I got you. okay. So um, to, to, to give people some background. I am dyslexic, severely dyslexic. Um, I held myself back my senior year of high school to work on it. Um, I went from a second grade reading level about to graduate high school, and I held myself back and I got myself up to an eighth grade level in one school year with the help of uh, writing a letter to the uh, to the director of the, the school district saying that if they didn't let me stay back another year and take all reading classes for the entire year, that I would go to the local paper about how a senior in high school was going to graduate with a second grade reading level. <laughs> wow. And to drive that point home, I wrote the letter on my computer myself without any spelling help with a pre-K spelling level. And I dictated everything I was trying to say to my mom so that she would type up an actual spelled, you know, one that was spelled correctly. And we met uh, and we mailed both letters in the same envelope to, to kind of drive it home. Be like, Hey, yeah, you know, he knows how about, you know, how many letters are in each word, but when it comes putting them together, it's not going to happen. So, um, I am. Uh, so, I mean, th- throughout the years, I've worked on it and I've gotten a lot better. Like, I have I have a ton of books that I've actually read through. Like, I've read through 1984. Oh, um, wow. I've read through all of the books that, like, you're supposed to read in high school. I mm-hmm. finally read over the past, like, six years. Um, so I've gotten better at it. It's just when it comes to movies, there's so much to it. Like, there's the visual of, like, how the scene is done. Um, yeah. The actor's performance. And then having to, like watch that and then read at the same time. Like I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I still have to use context clues for words sometimes because the letters just don't make any sense. And I have to see like, okay, so this sentence has 10 words in it. I know what eight of these words are and I'm really good at context clues. In fact, I usually Mm -hmm. scored higher than my age group going through school for context clue for context clues when it came to reading. Oh, wow. So it took me a couple of times watching this, but I had no problem doing that, like at all, because I enjoyed it so much. Okay. How many times did you watch it? Like three or four. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You got you got more than me. Yeah, me because, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, here's the thing. I, uh, the, the first time I watched it, it was just taking it all in as much as I could at one shot, like mm-hmm. watching the scene, reading, going back, looking back and forth. And then once I went through it, the first uh, – Oh, uh, one time I kind of knew what they were talking about. So mm. I ignored the subtitles the second time and watched it, it completely in a different language. And then so I could get like, you know, their emotions, the performance, the shots, you know, the lighting, stuff like that. And then the third time I watched it, I paid attention only to what they were saying. Oh, wow. So then okay. so then I kind of layered everything together. And that's how I watch foreign films. Okay. Makes sense. Cool. So before we get into spoiler territory, Devin, have you seen any of the other uh, Bong Joon-ho films? I don't think I had. the. But when when I was watching it in the theater, they had a little special on him before the movie started. And I don't think I've seen any of his other movies, but I think I would see his other movies now. Okay. Yeah. I've seen Snowpiercer. Um, or as the internet likes to call it, uh, Willy Wonka on a train. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not seen Okja, the Netflix movie about the pig animal beast thing. Oh yeah. I've not seen that, but I want to, um, but I, I really want to see that now after watching this. I forgot um, he did Snowpiercer. I've seen Snowpiercer. Okay. Um, all right, so I think we're going to get into te- uh, spoiler territory pretty quickly with yeah. this one because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen Parasite yet, go check it out. It's on Hulu. You can also rent it wherever you rent your movies. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get into spoilers. Perfect. So I when when I first heard the film was called Parasite, I was expecting a horror film. And it's not that at all because I think parasite. I think like worms, like in like like yeah. slither, and, yeah, like like slither. <laughs> um, 
That's what I think of. But then I heard it wasn't that. Um, I was like, okay, well, let's check this out. And then I heard it was like a thriller comedy. And I was like, that's weird. And then I watched, started watching. I was like, okay, this is this is more comedy than a thriller. I, I know the scene. I, I don't even... <laughs> When the the housekeeper comes back, yeah, <laughs> is the moment where I'm like, well, not even that. Like when she's in the basement pushing the this bookcase, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and then like the second viewing of this movie, I picked up so much more that I missed the first time because of the subtitles and just trying to soak it all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that scene when she comes back, I'm like, wait, my jaw hit the floor. That's what I'm like. What the fuck is this movie? Because there's a guy in the basement. It's like, what the hell? Um, Ryan, what was your reaction to that? I pounded my fist on the sofa and said, I called it. <laughs> wait, you called it? <laughs> OK, so here's OK. So here. OK, so here's the thing. My first time viewing. Mm hmm. I, um, I soak, I, no matter what film I watch, I always soak everything in as much as I can. Mm-hmm. When it comes to foreign films like this, I don't soak in as much, but the stuff I do, I grasp because I'm reading and watching. Sure. And that's the kind of learner that I am. Like if mm-hmm. I read and watch, I'll remember 90% of what I like, uh, see mm-hmm. and two things. One, they spent time talking about how, like, um, about how, like, she was the original housekeeper. She uh-huh. knows the house. They were talking about how, like, she runs it like she owns the place. So, I'm like, there's something going on with her. You know, there's something going on with her more, 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 more than her just being, like, a proud ho- housekeeper. And then right. the father said she eats enough for two when she was talking about how like help mm-hmm. not crossing the line and i'm like okay there's something going on here and plus background knowledge i knew from watching a history channel documentary about the korean war and that whole structure back in like when i was in high school i was watching the history channel and they were doing this thing about like the korean war and like the culture and like um in south korea i mm-hmm. knew ahead of time that these richer homes in korea have safe rooms so i knew that going into this huh. that this house probably has a safe room because of the culture and and everything and, and everything that i heard about this film said uh, said that this is pretty accurate to the like class situation in South Korea. Oh yeah. There are some aspects to it that are a bit overdone for, you know, dramatic purposes, but a richer home like that, especially the age that it is, that thing had to have a safe room. So, so as soon as she opened that cabinet, I knew exactly where she was going. I had no idea that it was her husband down there. I thought maybe it was like a kid or like a pet or something. I wasn't expecting it to be an actual guy. <laughs> but still, like, I was like, yes. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I mean, Devin, for what you. was that? What's up? What was that scene like in the theater? Oh, it was amazing. Um, it, I don't <laughs> think anyone in the theater caught it. So there were like some like audible gasps like when she like opened it like it was it was a very like reactive crowd that i was with probably because you could get beardier seats um but it, <laughs> it was yeah it was a pretty reactive crowd and like i was completely blown away i the only part that i like could have picked up on something is when they were like oh she eats enough for two but like i don't know i've seen like old movies where they're like oh the housekeeper just comes with the house and like I've seen that trope enough that I was like, all right, I guess that's just in this movie. The housekeeper comes with the house and that's supposed to like increase the amount of like sad we feel when she gets fired eventually. Like and all I that's all I thought it was. So like I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, I really was surprised at how comedic the beginning of this film was. Yeah. Because, like, right away, you got guys pissing outside their window and they're scrambling to get Wi-Fi. I'm like, okay, this is a lot lighter than I expected for a film called Parasite. Um, Because I expect, like, 
something like in the intestinal tract or something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one thing I picked up on the second time around mm-hmm. is the the painting that the kid made. Okay. And how like I didn't realize the first time that it is the guy living in the basement. Like that's what he's painting. It is, yeah. Um, because that's in like the the daughter. I don't know how we want to do the families. Like, I mean, do we want to say like? It's gonna get. I mean, we're gonna have to almost say like rich family, poor family. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to be that's like not. This movie's about. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what this director was trying to do. I mean, it's he was about class to put division, a magnifying glass on that issue in South Korea right now. Yeah, like, that's a problem. And and you know that that's the thing. Like even though it speaks for South, like it, it shows South Korea. You get a lot of that in America though too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there there's already going to be a American version of this with Mark Ruffalo on HBO because with <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah, he's attached to it. Yeah, I saw that at some point, but yeah, uh, I, I I don't understand why. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Then, I don't know if that's necessary. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I mean, it it, it speaks universally. I think mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just about South Korean. Like it shows it there, um, and it shows it very both subtly and in your face, mm-hmm. like. Like they're not even like the poor family is living below ground. Like they're not, they're, they're like below the sewage line. People are pissing in their window. Mm -hmm. And then you get this rich family up a hill and there's a lot of like going up and coming down, like with their movements. Like there's a scene when the, when the basement floods, the streets are flooding and like they're like, they're climbing down these streets, down the stairways in the rain to find their house flooded. And then there's a beautiful transition that I have in my notes where they leave the basement and then it just, sh- the water fills the frame, but then it shows them like out on the street getting to their shelter. Yeah. Which I thought was beautiful. Like this film was shot. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was great. I absolutely loved that. And just showing, the turmoil that they were all going through and getting to the shelter. And then the next day, uh, the father, Mr. Kim, the, uh, the poor family guy, uh, uh, he's standing next to the mom of the rich family while she's talking on the phone, talking about the rain. Mm. Like it was just something like it. Oh yeah, no, it rained last night. That's it. While he's standing there and his, like his, his home got flooded out. Just that contrast of how separated their lives are and, yeah. and having him having to listen to that when spending the night in a gym because their house was just because their home was destroyed. Like that was perfect. I absolutely love that. I love that transition. Yeah, they're, they're like it, film does a great job of physically putting you. In these different worlds. Yeah. With the with the way everything's shot, the way everything's lit, the way everything looks, because they had to build that house from scratch. Like that's just the set. It's not a real house. It's all a set. Everything is purposefully the way it is. Um, I want that set. <laughs> I want to live in that set. <laughs> I want to live in that set. <clears throat> One day, if you get a good job, you can afford that set. <laughs> uh, so that's another thing that I picked up on a lot the second time around because that ending strikes you so hard with the like don't have don't have a plan plans never go the way you want like the first lines to the poor father are what's the plan having to do with like the uh the wi-fi like oh. just trying to figure all that out and like the pizza boxes so like the first line that the, the poor mom says to the poor father is what's the plan and then he's he has to go through and like figure out what what they're gonna do. Wow, I didn't even um, realize that. And it yeah, it happened so long, <clears throat> like so many times. Like even before the uh, the son goes off for his interview mm-hmm. with the rich family, the dad asks, "So what's what's your plan?" Wow, like pl- like the the next time I watched it, I, I picked up plan so many times. Mm-hmm. Like plan, I'll write it down, write it down, write it down. <laughs> um, so I could plan to talk about it here. See, it's a circle. 
Uh, Perfect. <laughs> um, Devin, what was your favorite sequence in this whole thing? My favorite sequence. Oh, hands down, it was the one where they. It, it was the Ramdan scene and everything afterwards, where they okay. like were living in the house. <laughs> they were living it up. They had to come home. Mom had to make Ramdan, and everybody was hiding, and everyone had to sneak out of the house. That whole scene literally had me like white knuckling it in the theater. Because it was so awkward and so intense and too much for me almost. That's the kind of anxiety that I like from a film. Yes. Like, edge of your seat. Like what is going – like I'm invested in this. Where like going back to Uncut Gems, I was on the edge of my seat and like, but I wasn't invested. Oh, what? Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. I like – I just – I didn't like the character. Oh, like, got it. Like, I didn't like Adam Sandler's character, but in this, I get why they're doing this. This is their little chance to have a little bit of something. They're they're playing the system, but it's working out for them. Like, I can see them, like, like I don't have any problem with what they do up until the killing. Right. I mean. <laughs> it, it's just cons. Like, it, but Let's it's see. no harm, no and foul, really. Exactly. It's cons that really don't hurt anybody. Like that kid, like, to be honest, growing up, like, he's not as screwed up as what the daughter says that he is. The kid is just scarred a little bit from seeing a possible ghost in the house, or he thinks he saw a ghost in the house. He'll be over it by the time he's 10. But making the rich woman who has more money than what she needs thinks, you know, thinking that he needs art therapy. The, the kid is getting time to like, you know, like uh, 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 craft. He's getting craft time to like expand his own imagination, to expand his mind. There's no harm in that. The kid, I mean, the father's a good driver. The kid knows English. He's teaching his lover, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, what she needs okay, to do. That I have a problem. Yeah, with. that and, was a little weird. And, and we'll get to that. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Um, and and the mom is being a good maid. She just doesn't know how to make rondom, but she apparently makes a good one because you know the mom likes it. So, but I mean, yeah, it's like it's little cons that really don't hurt anyone, and they do a yeah. good job. The family was happy with them up until that last part. Until the well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that last. We'll save that for the end. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, what was your favorite sequence? Okay, so it was when uh, the poor family's tied up on the floor and the maid and the original maid and her husband are talking about what they would do when the family was away and how uh and how like their way of like enjoying their free time without the family was like respecting the house for the art for you know for what it was and it showed them dancing and then sitting on the couch and then sipping the tea and then they got lost in their imagination so then the poor family attacked them (laughs) (laughs) that that was my favorite sequence Okay. It was just like them getting lost in their own imagination, just enjoying the house for what it was compared to the poor family, which was treating it like their first vacation in 10 years, which that was their first vacation in 10 years. So of course, they're going to get trashed. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened. Um, God, when's the last time you guys took a vacation? It's been a while. Uh, our honeymoon. We got married back in 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I think mine was 2016. Wow. No, it might have even been before we were married. I don't even know. I take that oh, back. Oh, boy. I take that back. It was when we were invited to go take our goddaughter down to Disney World for a week. Like Aww. three years ago. So if you, yeah. go now, if you go now, I hear plane tickets are cheap. <laughs> yeah, plane- <laughs> Lines are short. <laughs> yeah, lines are um, short. Okay. Um, for me, my favorite sequence is the peach sequence, where they go to get the the maid fired. Oh yeah, with the peaches and the peach fur, um, and like 
so you have the the daughter picking up the peaches in the farmer's market and then blowing the peach and getting all the fuzz off. And it's that beautiful shot of the dust in the air. And then the whole thing ends with um, the driver and the, the, the housewife coming up the stairs and seeing her coughing into the trash can. And then he squirts the hot sauce (laughs) on the napkin and turns around. That was the clip they played at the Oscars for the best picture. I was like, that's the best clip. I was so happy to see that again. Okay. You know how I feel about the Ocean's Eleven thing with you putting that yeah. theme over stuff. I yeah. want you to put the Ocean Eleven song to that. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I saw that whole sequence was, you know, out of all of the stuff Alan could put that song to, I really want to see this. <laughs> hey, how's my mic sounding? Because my levels all 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 are are all over the place over here on Audacity. You sound I mean, you good. Sound cutting fine in to and me. out. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Weird. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my favorite sequence. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Ramdan for a minute. Yeah. Have you guys tried doing this recipe? I haven't, but I've seen Binging with Babish, so I know it. <laughs> Ryan, do you know what it is exactly? I have no idea what, what Ramdan okay. is. Like, me and the that, like, mom was, like, on the same level. Like, what the hell is Ramdan? Like, what the hell? So pretty, pretty much what she does is she mixes two packs of ramen. Okay. And <coughs> puts in, like, a Wagyu steak with it. Okay. So you get this super, super cheap noodle soup and then very expensive steak. And that's the that's the meal that she makes. That's Ramdan. That's Ramdan. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. At least that's how they like it at that house. They take the cheapest food that you can get at the grocery store and mix it with one of the most expensive things you can get in any grocery store, which is Wagyu beef, um, which is like such a perfect. Like it, it summarizes the movie perfectly. It is. Right it there. does. It does. Have you guys ever mixed? I know, Devin, you're a vegetarian, yeah. but Brian, have you ever? Do you eat ramen often? Oh, I love ramen. Have you ever mixed like a steak in with like the beef ramen or anything like that? Uh, the only thing that I've ever done with ramen is uh, I, I like peas. Like I really like peas, mm-hmm. and I'll make like a ramen cup of noodles, and I'll make like a small thing of like. Uh, like a small half can size of like sweet peas and I'll dump the sweet peas into the cup of noodles. Okay. That sounds really and good. make like a, I mean, it is, I mean, but then again, I love peas. Like they're my favorite vegetable. So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> a, f- a few weeks ago I made a brisket. Oh, and I had leftover, I had leftover brisket and beef ramen is like, Ooh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Oh, was it good? Like, it actually works? Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, I didn't do like the whole recipe. It was just like regular top ramen. Yeah. Um, in the words of Weird Al Yankovic, you want top ramen, you get top ramen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like to mix it up a bit with my ramen. Like, I, I find like a tablespoon of butter in there just like really mm. thickens the sauce and like, yeah. That sounds good. Um, yeah. My my ramen game's on point. It sounds I'm, like I'm it. the kid in I'm the kid in college who took the the whole tray of variety pack like all the different varieties of ramen yeah. to my dorm room for moving. Yes, good. Because I was like I'm I'm leaning into this stereotype. So <laughs> I mean it's worth it. It's a delicious stereotype. So I'd keep it up. It's yes. just a lot of sodium. <laughs> it is a lot of sodium. <laughs> That's why I I, I I do like maybe one a week. So. Yeah. That's Although a- I might go make one, but I might go make one before we finish this episode. Um, <laughs> so here's a question that I had about Devin, this movie. Okay. Um, and I go keep, for it. I keep trying to think about it. Who are the victims here in this movie? And and I'm not – I, I mean there there's an easy answer to that question and that's <laughs> who dies in it. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who's the victim. I mean, is it the rich people that had these this poor family slowly con them? Is it 
the poor family that had the rich people do nothing but like, uh, I mean, towards the end, do nothing but like berate and abuse them and who they are and belittle their their lot in life is it the people that the poor people kicked out of their positions like or is it just kind of everyone and the point of it is the economy and and moving up in the world just stamps people down i'll give my answer first good go for it since I'm like three steps away of being a full-blown communist, I'm going to say the capitalist system <laughs> is the villain in this. And that everybody in this film, even the rich family, are the victims of it. Because their position in life makes them blind to the plight of the other people. So they just don't understand because they don't see it. Because right. they live in that home that's walled off from the rest of the town. And they just think that, oh, the cashier that I go to buy my stuff from, yeah, she doesn't live in a house. She probably lives in a decent apartment. Or if it's run down, it's not that bad. They're not thinking that this person that I'm interacting with might be living in a basement apartment at the very bottom of the hill. Right. So to be honest, it's just it's the way the system is set up. It. It's just like you said, for people to climb up, others have to be stamped down. Like, you don't have competition without losers. And to me, the sign of a good society is how you treat the losers. Do you treat yeah. them in a way that's going to make their life completely miserable? Or do you prop them up with a, you know, with, uh, is with a system so that they have a decent living? Yeah. And they clearly didn't have that. That's my answer. Thanks, Kami. Uh, <laughs> like I said, like this past, yeah. like the past 10 years have done this to me. Like I'm like this close to being a full blown card carrying communist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get this podcast blacklisted, man. Come on. McCarthy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Jenny McCarthy's still out there, so you got to watch out the for same her. Thing. Oh, what, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> now, I think everything Ryan said is right. Yeah. Like it, this, the system, like everyone here is a victim because they're not seeing the the plight of anyone else. They're like I don't like the people who are like the the rich family. They're not necessarily the victims, but they're just blind to everything else. And they look down on their their workers and like the whole smell thing. Like yeah. we've all been in public and had somebody who smells like piss mm -hmm. like in the store or smells like weed and B.O. And like, like it's hard not to be like, what the hell? Like, why are you going out in public? Like that? But you don't know their story. Like, you don't mm -hmm. know what's going on with them at home. You don't know what's going on with their mental health, their physical health, any of that stuff. So it's really hard to, to not judge. Cause I know I'm guilty of it even last night. And I'll tell you guys about that after the show, mm -hmm. but like, I'm guilty of that. And like, I'm not the richest guy. I'm no, I don't live in a base, like in a mansion with a weird basement. I've got a weird <laughs> basement, but that just has to do with the, the, the apartment I, I rent like there's a door that goes to nowhere, which I still don't understand. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, creepy. Um, there's probably, Animeville there's horror. probably a, <laughs> there's probably, there's probably a guy living in a cellar down there. Like, I hope so. Hi hiding from the, the, what's he hiding from? The Shippensburg bookies? police department. No, in the movie, he's hiding from bookies, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh he's a uh, loan shark. So yeah. Yeah. Loan sharks. Yeah. Which um, I find funny that that's the actual term they used. They didn't like, yeah, yeah. they didn't find a, a different term for it. I mean, I think that just might be the term. Yeah. Or that's at least how it translates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Devin, how about you? What did you think? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of that. I mean, I, I think, I think I, it was probably a leading question, but I do think that it's kind of just like, there are no real victims and that everyone ends up being the victim in some way. But like mm -hmm. how good of this movie, like thinking about it, is that they didn't make the rich people just abhorrent. And like never once in this movie did I think, yeah, that rich family had this coming. They deserve this. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, they're so I relatable. Mean, they, I mean, they don't do anything overtly aggressive in the movie. Yeah, no, and, it's and, all passive. Yeah, yeah, it's all passive, and that's because of just where they are in in society and how. And, and probably how they were raised, like how he, mm-hmm. how the uh, uh, the rich father's uh, the rich family's father, when he was mm-hmm. talking to his wife about the line that that the help shouldn't cross. Now, the term mm-hmm. using the help, I'm just going to put this out there. It's very hard for me to hear that yeah. because of our own country's issues with discrimination. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. But in the film, they use the term help. South Korea, it's probably completely different meaning. So just putting that out there. So he's talking about the help and about how there is a line that shouldn't be crossed. But every now and then, certain lines can be crossed as long as others aren't, which Mm -hmm. is showing that he cares about his workers. He understands that they're human and that every now and then they make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So that's why he never said anything about the smell until... uh, until the very end when he really started to get annoyed with them because he wouldn't throw them the keys, which right. we'll get into that later. But anyway, um, like he, he, like they were even cautious enough to not wanting to let the driver, the original driver know why they were actually firing him because yeah. they didn't want to embarrass him. Like they didn't want to crush his pride to prevent him from getting another job. And they didn't want to make that public. So he told his wife to fire him for something else because a man's sex life is a man's sex life. And nobody should know about that, but I don't want him doing that in my seat of the car. Right. Like to me, like if I was in his position, I'd feel the same way about it. You know, like driver's seat. That's fine. If you want to do that stuff in the driver's seat, I'm not sitting there. Go right ahead. But don't do it in the back seat where where where, uh, um, where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm, and yeah, I, I I did like all of the like just the amount of respect that you know that that he showed everybody that they showed everybody, and that I think like as we were talking about this, especially that smell scene, I think this is probably one of the best cases for like why microaggressions are a real thing and why they're really, really harmful. Like just in general, I mean, what, I mean, what the, the rich person or the rich dad was doing or the rich husband was doing was aggressive. It was, you know, it was derogatory and he didn't mean it that way. He definitely didn't mean it that way, but it was a microaggression. It was something that he, you know, just, it was a part of his culture that he was saying that he didn't think was as offensive as it was, but definitely was and had really big in, in a really big impact on the listener. And that's, I mean, I think something that we all need to be watching out for. Yeah. It's kind of hard to watch out for that when he doesn't even know that he's hiding under the table. Right. Like, that's <laughs> right. a conversation they, they're having at night, watching their son out in a tent. Yeah. Um, doing some kind of weird role play on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> so actually I have a funny story about that. Oh, scene. No, buy me drugs, Devin, buy me drugs. <laughs> so <laughs> I sat down, to, I sat down to watch this and I asked my wife, Hey, do you want to watch this with me? Mm-hmm. I think uh, you'd enjoy it. That's yes. the scene she came in on. <laughs> that, that's the scene she walked in on. I was like, I swear. No, she came in, she's on her phone. I was like, I swear to God, this is not what this movie is. And he looks up and just sees him, like, grabbing her. <laughs> She's like, what the hell are you watching? He's like, I swear, this isn't the movie. This is just a scene. Like, it makes sense if you watch It actually doesn't even make sense if you watch it. But trust me, this is not just Korean porn. <laughs> the thing is, though, what I liked about that scene, I mean, they're a married couple. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And everybody has their own thing, their own kink, whether it be like um, an obscure one or whether it be a common one. Everybody Mm -hmm. has their own thing that they like, you know, Mm -hmm. and what I liked about that scene was that it felt real. Yeah. Like it was awkward. It was cringy, which it would be for anybody who'd be under anybody's coffee table having anybody do that. Like. Every couple would have their own little like cringy thing that they wouldn't want anybody else to hear them do or say. And I really like the realism of that scene. 
Yeah. And even though it was really awkward, I still really like them going back to the family under the table. And the dad's like, he has his head away from his daughter with his eyes closed. And yeah. and the daughter's just has this look on her face. Like, what am I hearing? <laughs> like, what am I hearing? <laughs> All right. So I just sent you guys a link in the uh, group. Chat. I saw that. Um, there's well, our last movie episode was baby driver. Yes. And there's a conversation between Bong Joon Ho and Edgar Wright, where they talk about their filmmaking processes and how they're very similar. Whoa. Both. We talked, we talked <clears throat> about this in baby driver a little bit. Edgar Wright goes through and only shoots what he needs. Like he storyboards, everything knows what he wants and just films that he doesn't film coverage of close up medium shot wide shot he just shoots the shots that he's going to use wow and then edits them on set uh bong joon ho is the same way to the point where his storyboards are being released as a graphic novel if they're not already oh my gosh that's on my wish list for amazon i want that so badly um i i i think there's it's a fascinating conversation for anyone who's listening. Go check out the the Curzon Film Podcast featuring Edgar Wright and Bong Joon-ho. Wow. Uh, it's a great conversation, and I I should have taken notes when I listened to this a few months ago, but um, the biggest thing I got from it was the way that they they shot this. Like, they – when they – and when they premiered it, they hid the guy who was living in the basement. Like he went to the premieres and stuff, but he didn't get like access, like VIP access, like everyone else. Oh. He was kind of just like in the crowd. Wow. Like, he was there, but he wasn't allowed. He wasn't allowed to be part of any of the promotion for this film. Oh man. Because they wanted it. He to better be a have surprise. gotten paid. He better have gotten oh, yeah, paid for that. Okay, good. Oh yeah, they have to. Like that's well, union uh, rules. I- I'm just saying, because that's taking away from like, you know, after the fact, yes, he's going to be known, he's he's going to get work. But when it comes to like public knowledge, if you have people watching like E! Entertainment or Access Hollywood, I have no idea if those shows are even exist anymore. But I know my mom <laughs> watched, watched them every day when I come home from school. But anyway, that's a sore spot going m- moving forward. <laughs> um, uh, like the public's not going to see him in like those pictures from like the red carpet and from the premiere. Yeah. So I really hope he got some like, you know, like extra pay, I guess, for any possible like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. it doesn't feel like right. compensation. Yeah, like compensation for it. I mean, I think it's really smart that if you're going to if you're going to do something like this in a film, you got to hide it. Like, well, yeah, right. definitely hide the guy. One hundred percent. It just I just really hope you got compensation for, for it, you know, like having to, like, come in through the back door. <laughs> you know, it's like not right. getting, yeah. not getting the, you know, like not getting the discount on the, you know, expensive suit that, you know, th- that the other male actors got. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. All right, so do we want to talk about the very ending of this we film should talk, now? We need to talk about the very ending. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Devin, do you want to start us off? So starting it off, it's it's the birth. It's a birthday party, right? Yes, it, it's yeah. a Im- impromptu. Yeah, an impromptu. Which I guess is a thing. I honestly have never done that. Like, that was the part that kind of confused me. They were like, all right, we're just throwing it. And they have a widely attended impromptu birthday party. Um, And... What the 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 first murder or the first part of it is the dad stabs the the rich dad. I mean, that kind of starts mm. off the whole like the is is that the first part? No, I forget. So who? What? It, who oh no, the first part is the guy comes out of the basement. You're right. Yeah. The guy comes out of the basement. That's right. I forgot. And and he attacks the son. Yeah, with the foundation uh, stone. With the, yeah, yeah, with the foundation with, stone. With the foundation stone, which was incredibly graphic and incredibly just incredible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the the fact that they showed what happens to a body when you get hit in the head by a heavy object, like like the son's body flinched. Yeah, like that was I'm, that was good. I did not think they were going to show I, that. I'm still surprised that he survived that. Ah, uh, yes. I was like, oh, he's dead. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he comes out of the basement and then, like, full on uh, ghost face the, the party. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, blo- like, his nose is all bloody from banging the, the light switch. Um, and then he attacks the daughter. The- Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. He attacks the daughter. Yeah, and I um, I so mean, that... I was shocked that she died. Like, genuinely died. Like, because they kept that one a little bit, like, they kept that one off for a little bit. They were like, do you want to go visit? Or he said something like, I saw my sister. And then they visited a grave. And I was like, ah, oh, I hate that. The thing is, though, with her, like, I'm not surprised. Like, after they showed her, like, I figured that she was going to die when they showed the way that uh, everybody's reaction to her getting attacked. Oh, really? Um, one of, one of the things that I thought about was that out of all of them, mm-hmm. she was the most Connie. Like she was the, you know, like she was the one that was really good at it. Mm-hmm. Like she was one that was really cunning. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, if she would have lived or like if they would have like played it off and the guy wouldn't have gotten out of the basement. I feel like she would have been the one to turn dark the yeah. easiest like i feel like she was i i feel like out of everybody in that family she 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 would have been the first one to actually kill someone for a con oh wow uh, i kind of see it though so i feel like her dying first makes sense because she was the one that was the darkest personally okay yeah she's definitely the smartest of the family mm-hmm um, cause she adapts very quickly yes. to everything that is thrown at her. Um, my, my biggest reaction. Okay. So say you're rich and you're, somebody gets stabbed at your son's birthday party and one of your employees is helping them not bleed out and your son just passes out. Like, yeah, I I'm with you. Of all the things that the rich father does, like his reaction to her bleeding out and his son just kind of having, like, just passing out. Like, uh-huh, he's not yeah. physically harmed except for falling to the ground. They do explain I, that, though. <sighs> oh, do they? They did, yeah. Um, when the uh, when the rich mom is eating the Ramdan, she opens up to the poor mom about what happened to her son in first grade and about how he had the seizure foaming at the mouth and everything Mm. else. And she said that the doctors said that with the type of seizures seizures that he gets, he needs to get to the hospital within 15 minutes or he can die very quickly. So as soon as he passed out, the parents saw that he was going through those convulsions again and they needed to get him to the hospital ASAP. So his immediate concern became for his son. Okay. That's fair. You still have somebody dying on your property, though. Right. Like, I know. I know. But to be perfectly honest, if I was a father and my son or my daughter mm-hmm. passed out no, and that, I knew that, that they had a medical condition, I'm taking them to the hospital. That, I don't care who else that's is co- That's completely understandable. <laughs> uh for for him, why yeah. is everyone else running? The guy who had the knife is is down. Like because everyone they, else is scattered. Like, everyone else just doesn't care. They could have they helped just scatter again because of the society and 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 what uh, because of what because of what we were talking about before. You've got a yeah. bunch no, of people exactly. who you have a That's bunch of people who live in a very sheltered existence yeah and they're and they don't see that type of stuff i mean granted nobody should see that type of stuff and even poor people don't see that type of stuff a lot but when you have a lot of adversity you can handle stuff like that easier when you don't have that adversity and you see somebody wielding a knife like you run and those look in other countries mass stabbings are like mass shootings in our country so if Mm. somebody sees somebody else running around with a knife they run the same way we would if we hear gunshots in a lobby somewhere. Right. So, I mean, there's also that too. Yeah. So, um, I just, I almost, I almost, what? I almost made a Schindler's, I almost made a Schindler's list reference. I was like, no, nope, oh, not doing man. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, spoilers. Like, oh, they, they, they could have, they could have done more. Uh, <laughs> um, go ahead, Devin. 
Oh, I I haven't seen Schindler's List, so I can't wait to to get that reference. Um, <laughs> we're we're not we're not doing Schindler's List. Oh, I'll have I mean I'll just have to watch it in my free time. It's one of those movies. But uh, anyway, I can't think of honestly a more perfect conclusion or at least setup in the very end for these characters, with like the daughter being stabbed on the ground and the son starting to convulse and like you know the way the scene is set up, it doesn't seem overly contrived that like only one of them can be dealt with at, at right now. Like there isn't the resource or the manpower to deal with these two people. And I think that's a really nice kind of cap on what's been built up beforehand. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause everyone who could help run. Really, like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the perfect ending to this movie. And then you have the reaction to the guy who's been living in the basement. Who's going to smell way worse than the people who, <laughs> We're in the flooded basement with the shit spewing out of the toilet. Like, that's what, it's not even his smell that sets him off. It's just the reaction to anyone like that. So he's not even like angry because it's him. It's because he sees that reaction and it triggers him. Mm -hmm. And he's still with it his Uh, entire life. And that was just a, yeah. Yeah. That was like the, the last thing. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the very end of this film. Ryan, you're a Boy Scout. How much uh, Morse code do you know? <laughs> How much Morse code do I remember? SOS. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's all I That's know. That's all I remember is SOS. And, and even then, half the time I forget if it's short stops for the S or if it's long stops for the no. <laughs> okay. So, so here, here's my question. If yeah. I were to write out a three page letter and broadcast it out using Morris code every night to you on the other side of town, how long would it take for you to get the whole message complete? Uh, probably two nights because I still have my boy scout, uh, 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 well, I still have my Boy Scout handbook and I also have a bunch of older Boy Scout handbooks. So I have a key to like use to like translate okay. it. So, <laughs> but I do have to say he just, he wasn't in, uh, but when you're immersed in it and you're learning it and you're mm-hmm. using it, that's different. Yeah. That young well, kid he, being he, the Cub Scout, he'd be able to do it like that. Exactly. Like the way they showed it. The, the, the young kid. Yes. But yeah. I'm talking about the, the, um, the other kid. Yeah. He was in the, the military. Da- he was, but he's also been brain damaged by this point. Yeah. Well, with, true. Uh, with, with Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix Joker disease. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, which, okay. So here's the thing with, when it comes to brain damage, it can affect different people. It can affect people differently. Mm-hmm. He possibly, that probably didn't, that part of his head or that part of his memory wasn't compromised. Now he might have a hard time trying to remember people's names and doing math, but memories of, of, you know, the military probably weren't touched. So the fact that he was in the military for as long as he was, and the fact that he did that exam for English, what, four times, and he was good enough to pass for a college student to do Mm -hmm. that. He's probably really intelligent. So he's probably yeah. really good at knowing what, you know, still re- remembering what Morse code is. My whole thing is, though, like, how hard would it be to decipher a message if, say, I started broadcasting it at 7 o'clock at night and you picked up on it at 7.35? You just write down what you're seeing and then when you key yeah. it, it'll be obvious that you're missing part of the message. So then you go back earlier the next day and hopefully pick it up. And then you just keep on okay. trying to get it until you get it right. I mean, to be honest, what what they're showing is what you're is what it's used for. So okay. I mean, if you learn Morse code, you learn these things. I, I will I will say watching the film the second time through, mm-hmm. um, when. The, the father comes home for the first time. I watched the lights come on one by one. It's like, I know why, I know why that's happening. And then later on in the film, the lights never come on when anyone else comes up those stairs. Oh, he comes up. That's really cool. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, I love the ending of this film. 
it's so beautiful and heartbreaking. And Ryan, how did you interpret the end of the film? Well, I was really hoping for a good ending at first, and I was really hoping that like that was actually happening where they were buying the house. But then about halfway through, I was like, he's mm-hmm. too young. Like, this isn't 10 years. This isn't five years later or like 10 years later. Like, he's too young, you know? And I was like, ah, crap, this is like a memory or this is a fantasy. And then it pulls away to him in the basement. I'm like, you know, this ended right. It's not a happy yeah, ending, yeah. but it shouldn't be a happy ending. Do you so, think he ever gets the house? I'm going to say no. All right. Devin, how about you? I don't think he does. I, I loved the ending. I, I, I was like Ryan, where I was like, holy cow, he bought it? What happened? Like, when did he get the mm-hmm. money for this? And then I was like, nope, this is a fantasy. This has to be. And yeah. it is. It's just a fantasy. And it's. I think it goes back to the plans thing. Don't ever make plans. That's his plan. Mm-hmm. I think it's the movie literally signaling to you the father dies in the basement or the father gets caught in the basement. The family never gets to that house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's very fitting that this movie won best picture in 2020. What's the point of the movie? Don't have a plan. 2020. (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, Yeah. Like it, that's, we hit it right on the head. Like there, there's, if the daughter had survived, then I think there is a possibility of them getting that house someday. Yeah. But she, cause she was smart enough to pull off the cons and had the skills to do it where she could maybe get money again, but I don't see it happening with them. And so one thing that I want to talk about, which I know we wanted to touch on, uh-huh. but I want to start it off with my thing on it first. So the son, the poor son, with yeah. his love affair with the sophomore in high school. Oh, I didn't want to girl. talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I no, I had brought, I had said I I don't agree with that yeah. right after I had said, yeah, I agree with everything that the, the poor family does. Like, no, I don't agree with okay. the, the pedophilia. Like, I don't know what the age of consent is cuz I'm sure it's like not as bad as it sounds. I don't love it though. Over there. I don't love it. Like, no, it's like, yeah, we were talking about Kevin Spacey last week. (laughs) Was it because it's not just him, like it's his cousin who comes to him at the beginning and says, I'm going to ask her out when she graduates high school and he's in college. And this kid, the poor son, he's college age, like maybe freshman or like sophomore for college. So again, I don't know what the ages are for, you know, like who graduates high school at like what age and stuff like that. And and what the age of consent is in Korea, because I know in Asian countries, it's different than ours, but still it's still creepy. But at the same time, yes, Google, Google is going to be looking at me because I just Googled age of consent in Korea. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 20 years, 20 years old. That was actually so the opposite of what I thought. Us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ew. So that well, makes I that also worse. know that South Korea is a very conservative country too. Like it is. I didn't know that. But um, one of, one of the things with me with oh, man, now this whole thing got me off track. Uh, it just went right out of my head. Oh no. That's all right. Um, yeah, no, I just well, lost I mean, it. Well, I totally the, forget where we were. Where I mean, I here's was. the interesting thing about it, though, is the movie doesn't necessarily play that off like it's as disgusting as it is. Um, or at least to, to my, like, I don't know, uninitiated mind or whatever. Like, I did you get it again? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so like if the age of consent consent in Korea is 20, what he's doing is gross. Uh, minimally gross, maybe illegal. Um, and the movie really doesn't play it that way. The movie kind of plays it as like, you know, well, you're going to fall in love with the daughter. You fall in love with the daughter. Okay, well, yeah. does it show them doing anything? I don't think just it, kiss. Yeah, just kiss. But like it's I don't know, like. It's like making out kiss. Yeah, it doesn't really like frame it as like, look at this terrible thing he's doing, though. It's just like, meh. Because they frame it as I'm going to wait until she's of age and then we're going to get married and then we're going to be in-laws with these people and we'll hire actors. Like it's a whole plan that just doesn't work out for another plan. Okay. So 
Okay, so th- that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Yeah. This whole thing about the family and their plans and how skewed they are about what's possible, what's not. Yeah. Like he's talking about doing the same thing his cousin wanted to do, like ask her out when she became old enough. Right. You know, when she graduated high school to like, you know, ask her out. And then they started talking about how like you're going to be an in-law. This is going to be our house one day. And I'm like, he, he's got no official college paperwork. He's never been to school. Everybody's lying about what they're going to be, and he's going to ask her out, and then with a traditional like Korean thing, it's gonna be like, okay, well, let's meet the rest of your family, and you'll yep. be like, oh yeah, no, he, the driver, here's the maid, here's my sister, and it's like, yeah, we've been lying to you this whole time, like how's that five gonna years, work? four years down the road, like how's that going to work? Like, and I feel like that was a giant sign at that part of the movie where like, hey. These people, like, they're so desperate that they're not thinking all the way through on stuff, you know. Or it, it could also have been, too, that they were just joking about it. It could have easily been that they were just joking about that whole thing. Yeah. But, it, but at the same time, the things that they do, you don't know. Right. I don't know. I almost side with they weren't thinking it all the way through. Because, like, the plan yeah. seemed like a pretty decent plan for now. <clears throat> But I can't imagine that, like, imagine the ending of this movie never happened or that nobody lived in the basement. Can you see them sustaining this for for years and years? I could see him sustaining no. it for at least maybe four or five years. Wow. It's more credit than I gave them. If if they do it right. I could, I could see them doing it for years. See, if, if I was them, yeah. I would do it for as long as possible and then all like save up your money. And then just get out. Yeah, Everybody doesn't show up the same day. Like everybody just falls. <laughs> like one day, yeah. no, one the day. driver doesn't show up. The art teacher doesn't show up. The, everybody's just gone. Everybody. Okay. I've, I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, and I can't really find anything on this online, but is there something going on with the, with the rich wife? Like, like cheating? The first, the first time. No, like the first time we see her, she's asleep under a tree and the housekeeper has to like clap to get That's her attention. Right. She's on drugs. Is she? Do we think she's actually on drugs? Like, because I don't know. Okay, so. Like, the, I looked at the whole thing yeah. as role play on the couch because yeah. they're talking about the dr- <clears throat> old driver and how it's, um, how she, like. Like that whole situation. I didn't think she's actually on drugs, but do you think she actually is? Okay. Here's my interpretation of the relationship between the rich father and the rich mother. He's not actually in love with her. She's a trophy wife. Period. I definitely That's all she that. is. So yeah. because the Mr. Kim, the, the poor father, uh, when they were driving, asked, well, do you love her? You know, like, are you in love? And he said it's something like that. He never said yes. He never says that he loves her. Um, But obviously, there's something that he wants from her. She's a trophy wife, pure and simple. I wouldn't be surprised if she was from the type of life when she was younger of like maybe not poor, like not dirt poor, like the poor family is, but probably like lower income like lower income, middle class. Like she was probably living in one of the upstairs apartments Mm -hmm. of that part of town and not the basement. So she was a little bit better off. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where she came from. And she caught in, was it like she caught his eye and he decided to go after her. And so I feel like that's how their relationship is. And I would not be surprised if maybe he does get her drugs from time to time. Like, Devin, how'd you read that? Do you have yeah. any theories? I mean, the first time I saw it, like, the first time I saw her passed out on the table, I was like, all right, alcoholic rich wife, got it. And was like, here comes this stereotype. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously that wasn't the case. But I do like Ryan's interpretation a lot. I never really thought about it that way. And to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it much since. Because the rest of the time, the wife doesn't seem really anything but just, like, dutiful. And, like, just, you know... Hey, she's here to find a really yeah. good, you know, really good teacher for her kids, a great driver. Like she's not really, she doesn't seem like she has too many personality flaws, but there's definitely something under the surface in that relationship that I thought they would explore more. And I'm shocked they didn't. 
I feel like it was just the subtle hints. Like, do you love her? Eh, you could call it that. And then there's those other, well, like, there's other things too, but it's all simple. Like, it's all tiny little droplets. And then not to mention, like, at the at the end of the birthday party, there's no sign of any grandparents there. It's just friends. Like, it's contemporaries of theirs. It's not like you see her parents at all or his mm-hmm. parents. So, yeah. possibly. Yeah, so, I mean... It could be one of those things where it's before, like she does whatever he wants. She in response gets, hey, get me pot. <laughs> like, I'll do this for you. Just get me some weed. <laughs> we'll find out in Parasite 2, Ramdan Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, that That's about all I've got on Parasite. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm good. Like, I was Not happy right. about good it. movie. So. So, uh, Ryan, it's your turn next week. Do you want to give our listeners a preview of what you're going to have us watch? Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm going to get the title of this movie right, because I recently just saw this. Interesting. Okay. I have no idea what this I is. I have no idea. Yeah, no, you guys aren't going to know, because I just saw this like three weeks ago. Okay, it is on... Well, I thought it was Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, no, it should be. It should be available to watch. Um, I See You, the 2019 film. I See You? I See You. Like the letter C? No, 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 no. I See You. Like, I can see you. I See You. Yeah. Yes. I've seen this movie. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Is it is this the one that was playing at your mom's house when I dropped you off? This is. So Alan saw Alan, eight seconds oh, of it, it, and I saw the second half of it. I saw I I saw like five seconds of yeah. it. Yeah, because we'll talk about it. next Yeah, we'll week. talk about it next week. Uh, this is great. Okay. I'm glad I get to watch all this movie now. Okay. Well, hang on. Which part of it did it, you see? The I, I, I saw the. We'll talk about it. Next, yeah, I, I saw an unfortunate we'll talk part about it next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it next week. If you guys know um, about what's going to happen in it, then I don't want you guys to see Alan it. Alan doesn't. I don't want to do Alan it. Alan doesn't. If you know about it. I, I have no idea. Yeah, Alan has no idea. I, I've only I've only seen enough of it to be like, hey, look, that's Helen Hunt. Wait, what? That's Helen Hunt? Yeah, that's Helen Hunt. <laughs> okay, that's okay, the good, conversation good. Okay, good, 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 good. I really want you guys to see Wait, this. Wait, did did they bring back Mad About You? Yeah, they did. Did you watch it? No, I don't think anyone did. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's the conversation that happened so all right tune in uh we we will see you next week when we talk about i see um for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and we'll see you next week insert clever line here (laughs) i got nothing it's okay okay